Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The Humboldt Broncos families, after a week of sentencing hearings for Jaskrit Singh Sidhu, are now going to have to wait for seven weeks for the judge to deliver a verdict. Scott Thomas is the father of uh, 18-year-old Humboldt Broncos player Evan, who lost his life in that crash. And Mr. Thomas met privately with the truck driver, Singh Sidhu, during uh, the last week. And we spoke with Mr. Thomas about two weeks ago on the program. Scott, thank you so much for coming back. T- and, uh, and and I, I, I have to know, I mean, it's, there's got to be no way for you to be able to prepare for what you experienced over those four days last week. The emotional toll must have been crushing. Yeah, thanks for having me, Roy. Um, no question. It was uh, the most emotionally challenging week I've had, probably, well, definitely since the accident, and and even, um, in some ways, even worse than the week of the accident because the range of human tragedy in that courtroom was just unbelievable. And um, every time you thought, because you know what your story is, you know what you're dealing with. I know what the emotions and stuff I'm dealing my wife Lori my daughter Jordan but then you go and you listen to Mark Cross's fiance who has a totally different human experience like she lost the love of her life the man she was going to spend the rest of her life with and then you hear a couple of the boys girlfriends speak and it just breaks your heart because it's it's emotions that I didn't deal with up to this point and it just slaps you right in the face it, it would just every time you turned around it was another story and another story and another story yeah. Scott, how well did the families and and the people who are brought together by this tragedy know one another prior to the uh, the accident? And how well have you gotten to know each other since? Yeah, before, like with most junior hockey teams, Roy, uh, these kids are young adults, so to some degree you kind of set them free and and we're from all over Western Canada, so, I mean, we were fortunate enough, we're only an hour away from Humboldt. We made a lot of the games, but some of the families from Slave Lake and Edmonton, you know, they don't get too many games, so you see some faces, you recognize some faces, you nod and say hi, and then when the game's over, your son comes out, and you're lucky to get six minutes with them before they got to go back on the bus, and, and then you kind of nod and say goodbye and see you guys at the next game, so... I mean, we certainly recognized people and had some pleasant um, acquaintances and stuff, but we certainly, we didn't know each other. And now, now we know each other's deepest, darkest feelings. And um, it's, uh, it's become a family in more ways than one. And to hear those victims' impact statements from people you really didn't know or didn't know well at all, and then you're intimately involved with their lives as you share a common tragedy that must have been just absolutely unbearable at times it was um my wife Lori, i think her nose is still raw uh from the crying and, and the kleenexes that uh that she used there last week and um it, at times it was unbearable at times you just look down and close your eyes and 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 weep you just you just your soul weeps your heart breaks and you 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 just at times don't even know how to process the information that you get and and then you remember 
or you have to remember, or you're reminded by the actions of counsel that this is a sentencing hearing. And, and, and so the, the Crown comes forward and they're recommending a 10-year prison sentence, which could lead to day parole in 34 months, eligibility for full parole in 40 months, and presumed release a two-thirds sentence served. Um, how do you feel viscerally about the recommendation for a 10-year sentence? I've certainly prepared myself uh, for something like that. I, I understand, uh, I'm no lawyer, but I I understand some of the things about Canadian law, the the whole idea of consecutive versus concurrent, and yeah, there's 16 charges here and 13 more charges, but you know, no matter what the ruling is, they're going to run concurrently. So I've, I've prepared myself for the fact that it's going to be probably in the single digits for the numbers of years he's going to get. And then exactly as you described. So those decisions are made by, I guess, way smarter people than me. And I have absolutely no control over them, whether I agree with it or not. I mean, those things are legislated and there's years of precedent and the judges are, are going to, you know, use all the factors to decide what that number is going to be. I, and then hopefully there's some deterrent factor in there too to make other people realize whether they're bus drivers or semi drivers or car drivers. You just you got to stop at stop signs like you have to. So there's so many factors that go into this, and I'm I'm too emotionally involved in it to be rational about that. So thank God Judge Cardinal's going to come up with something that makes sense. Yeah, you know, there. I was thinking about this last night, Scott, and there are people who are appreciative of the fact that he pled guilty to all charges, and, I, and, and that is something that I, I, you and I talked about last time we spoke, relieves at least the families and, and loved ones of, the, of a trial. But at the same time, last night I was thinking, if you take on something that you're not qualified to take on and it involves driving a massive truck like Mr. Singh Sidhu drove, there's personal responsibility there. There's adult decision-making that's taken place, and there has to be the responsibility quotient that, uh, that, that, is, that is included. Yeah, no question. He, 100% of the, the final result here rests on his shoulders. He decided to be a truck driver, and I mean, we can debate, and, and I hope that we do debate the situation that allowed him to, to be in behind that wheel i mean that's a whole other story but it he is. decided to and he was responsible for that vehicle and he decided to run the stop sign and uh yeah he's 100 percent responsible so he ha- <clears throat> he has to wear this sentence no matter what it is um and he has to there's no question he's got to go to jail and he's got to put his time in and and hopefully become a better person out of it. Uh, I can't even begin to imagine what it is you're experiencing and your family is experiencing. And you know that people in this country are, are really have embraced everyone uh, in, involved, all the families involved, all the, all the uh, people who are involved with, with the victims of the crash and care deeply, deeply about you all. Uh, you also met, and in, when we first spoke, you said at some time going forward, you might want to uh, speak with Singh Sidhu and ask him some questions and, and talk to him. I, you spoke with him during the time of the sentencing hearing. I know you're not going to 
speak specifically or in detail about that conversation, Scott, but can you share anything with us about what took place? Sure. I, I was caught a bit off guard. I I didn't expect the circumstances as they did. I I don't know if it's common practice or not for people in that position to meet with victim families before sentences are handed out. I, when I said I'd like the opportunity to meet him, I kind of assumed it would be after his sentence was done and he was a free man and and we could sit down and talk. But, uh, yeah, on uh, Tuesday, I believe it was, or Wednesday, whatever the last day was of the victim statements, his, I assumed it was his brother, but may have been his cousin, came up and tapped me on the knee and said, would you please like to meet with our family after court today? And I assume you um, saw most of the times I spoke in public and specifically that week about how I'd, I'd welcome the chance to meet with them and ask him a few questions. And um, so I said, yes, absolutely. And uh, after court was over, I kind of took the, the long way around to meet him to hopefully let the most of the media types file out of the room. And uh, I walked up to... Um, young man and he goes do you want to speak here or should we find go back to our room and i said no let's go back to the room and so uh him and i i think it was mr sudu's uncle and i started walking and then uh mr sudu followed and uh yeah we walked in the room and i i didn't know uh for sure whether it was just going to be the cousin and the uncle or, or if Sadu was going to be there because he, when he offered the opportunity, he just said our family. And then I turned around and, and Mr. Sadu was, Mr. Sadu was right there. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we began, uh, we began talking. Right. And, and you, you would prefer to hold off on what your conversation was with him until after the sentencing, right? Yeah, I would. Uh, I have said it was very emotional. Uh, I said I've said there's been a lot of tears on both sides, um, and he was entirely consistent with what he said in court on record. I mean, a lot of the things we talked about, but everything he said in court was exactly what he said to me uh, in the in our private discussions, and um, we of course discussed some other things, but. Uh, um, I definitely asked him the question why, and again his reply was very consistent with what uh, he and his lawyers said in court. Um, and then we discussed a lot of other things too. But uh, uh, in the end, it was exactly what I had asked for. I was given the opportunity to talk to him, and and we did. And it was uh, as I said before, I I left there more emotionally drained and confused and. Just when you think you're starting to process everything that's involved in this case, see another another level of of emotion, and uh, it just it's unbelievable. What a nightmare for you! What a nightmare for for everyone involved, and and being pulled back into the center of it all with the sentencing hearing going on. I have to wait seven weeks to for for the uh, for the verdict. Um. Just a minute here on on what has to happen as far as truck safety is concerned, regulation is concerned. We spoke yesterday with Stephen Laskowski, the president of the Canadian Trucking Alliance, and they're determined to push harder for or hard for 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 licensing changes and uh, and uh, uh, regulation changes, and also to 
the, the companies, companies that are not responsible and not responsive to safety have to be held accountable. They can't just be uh, allowed to, uh, to, to walk away and, and let a driver take the responsibility. The driver has responsibility, but the companies have to be investigated very thoroughly as well. I agree 100%, Roy. I said I harbor and will harbor harder feelings to the people that employed this man and the association that allowed him to come into that position and even the governments that failed to regulate this industry for so long. Yes, he decided he took responsibility as an adult to have that job and to run that stop sign, but if I was his employer, I would be embarrassed, quite frankly, to to release someone like that with a vehicle like that in the situation that he was in. Like, how could you send somebody with basically three weeks of training to a part of the world that he's never been to before with a truck that he can't operate? Like, how could that has to weigh on your mind? Like, that just, it's unconceivable to me as a hockey coach or a father. I would, I would never put one of my, my hockey players, some rookie out against the, Connor McDavid, he just got no chance for success, and that's what happened here. He he never ever should have been behind that wheel. No, he should and, not. No, should not. And somehow he got there, and and then the owner of this company, eighteen days later, turns around and starts up another company with a different name out of the same house. Like that tells you right there his more culpability in this. Like he didn't care. He's trying to turn a quick buck and operate within a system that somehow allows him to do that. And system it's, has to it's change. Unbelievable. Yeah, it all has to change. Scott, thank you for, for speaking with us. Uh, you're helping a lot of people in this country also cope. It, it, it's, an, it's obviously an unmitigated nightmare for you and your family and all the, all the families. But hearing from you and hearing your voice will help a lot of people in this country who feel such a, such a bond with you and, and with everyone. And thank you so much and uh, let you and I stay in touch as well. For sure. Thanks for having me again, Roy. I, uh, I know how hard this has hit everybody in Canada, any parent. And, you know, a few people said, you know, lots of parents have lost children, and yeah, they have. And um, ours is just a little bit more public, but every every person's loss is the same. And we're just given an opportunity here to hopefully make a change and do the best that we can to make sure this doesn't happen. You're a good man. Again. You're a good man. Thank you, Scott. Yep. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye.